0: Welcome to Fairly Spiritually Dope. My name is Michelle. I'm a light worker and I am a board certified psychiatric mental health nurse. And on this channel, we will be discussing a variety of wellness topics to help you take back your power and heal. And I am so excited about some of the shit we're going to be talking about and some of the people we're going to be talking to. Because this channel isn't just about healing. It is about asking questions and challenging our perception of reality. It is about not being afraid to talk about shit that actually matters. uh, Because that's how positive change is created, both individually and collectively. So, if you are one of those people who often find yourself feeling like everything is totally fucked up, Well, let us just say you are in the right place (laughs) So our first few episodes will be focused mainly on mental illness and why it is so difficult to treat successfully now as many of you know I have struggled with bipolar disorder and depression for most of my life Um, Both being both a psych patient and a psych nurse however has given me a pretty unique position pretty interesting perspective of being on both sides of the desk so I'm going to try to bring that unique perspective to this channel so while the current mainstream medical pharmaceutical approach has helped me at times over the years it has also hurt me Um, as a patient I was stuck in a vicious cycle of medication uh, trials and failures um, often that uh, The medications damaged my body, made me feel worse. Um, There were multiple, multiple hospitalizations that were very traumatic. um, And I was ultimately left, like many of you, feeling just very helpless and disempowered. And like I had been given a life sentence of being chemically and psychologically broken. And when I did feel okay, I was programmed to believe I should just try to enjoy feeling stable when I could because it wasn't going to last so my question is if our current approach to understanding and treating mental illness is working then why is depression the number one cause of disability in the world and suicide wouldn't be one of the leading and rising causes of death in the US if the shit that we're doing was working i do believe we've made great progress in bringing more awareness to mental illness and breaking the stigma but that just means that we've gotten it out in the open and it's okay to talk about it so okay we aren't afraid to talk about it anymore that's wonderful but now what let's talk about the possibility that it's our understanding and programming about what mental illness is That might be part of the root of the problem So when the intensity of a problem reaches such a frighteningly devastating tipping point and that's where we are um, Isn't that the time that we should start challenging our perception? Instead of continuing to think and do what we're currently doing. I mean a wise woman once said Persistence without insight will lead to the same outcome. And by the way, if you know where that quote came from, drop it in the comments below. No cheating. So a paradigm shift is actually already underway. That is the good news. And I will be discussing it in this channel. But first, let's take a look at what the current understanding of mental illness is. As we know, There are a ton of different mental illnesses many of us have multiple diagnoses but just for the sake of simplicity in this episode I'm going to just focus on depression what is depression well since we're looking at flaws in the current understanding of it we need to define what the current understanding is so let's look at how psychiatry defines depression But first, in order to explain how psychiatry defines depression, I need to explain to you how psychiatry defines things in general. So, for those of you who aren't aware, in psychiatry we have something called the DSM, which stands for the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Basically, This is the reference that psychiatric practitioners in the US and most of the world use to make a diagnosis. Uh, The first edition of the DSM was published by the American Psychiatric Association in 1952. And don't worry, this isn't gonna be a long history lesson. Since then, several updates have been made and we are now using the DSM-5. So this is a book that was originally intended to establish a sort of like common language or a standardized collection of mental disorders. So everyone in the industry, doctors, nurses, insurance companies, um, clinicians doing research, all, all could be on the same page. So basically it became the Bible of psychiatry. So here we have a group of people who sat down in 1952 and decided basically what was considered normal and what was considered a mental illness. So keep in mind homosexuality was actually considered a mental disorder in this book until 1973. So, okay, so what is normal versus what is pathological was essentially determined by a group of people. Probably white privileged males if I had to guess who sat down and originally put this book together 70 years ago and every time a new edition is published some diagnoses fall away like homosexuality but always many more are added so it just keeps getting thicker and thicker and thicker and keep in mind every practitioner and all those other people uh, have to have a copy so The American Psychiatric Association has made a lot of money on this thing over the years. Um, Of course, no one has made nearly as much money on mental illness uh, as the pharmaceutical companies. But we will go into that later. Sorry. (laughs) Um, So, let's say you feel depressed. You go to the doctor and you say, I feel depressed. Your doctor will ask you questions to find out more about what this depression looks like and how it's affecting your life. Like, are you sleeping too much or not enough? Has your appetite changed? Are you having any suicidal thoughts? Now notice here that they're asking you to describe the symptoms of your depression. And this is done to determine whether, you, whether or not you meet criteria or not for a, a symptom of depression. A diagnosis of depression according to the DSM. Every mental disorder has a list of symptoms or criteria and if you check enough boxes, you get the diagnosis or the label. You officially fit into the box. So, congratulations, you now qualify for treatment with an antidepressant. Notice that we skipped completely over addressing possible causes of your depression. And we went straight to checking boxes to give you a diagnosis. So basically you felt depressed, you go to a doctor and they confirm that yes, you are indeed depressed like you suspected. Here is a official diagnosis and a pill to fix it. All right. Now, doctors of psychiatry are supposed to recommend counseling or therapy used in conjunction with antidepressants but that's not their department see you've got to seek that out yourself that's other part of the recommended treatment you got to seek that out from another professional whose services may or may not be covered by your insurance but I can promise you that the psychiatric medication visit that's always going to be covered by your insurance so what does that tell you so let me stop right here well, I know what you're thinking okay there's there's something I need to say I'm not here to bash psychiatry or practitioners of it fuck it's the it's the field I work in I'm one of them they're not the bad guys I just I want us to take a closer look at the way things are currently done in a system that isn't working some of the I just for the record some of the most intelligent compassionate caring selfless people that I've ever met were psychiatrists and other psych nurses that I've worked with see those are just people like me who were fascinated with the human mind and wanted to help people and so this seemed like a good career path to do both and we want nothing more than to see our patients feel better but the bottom line is that we were trained to work Within a rigid, self-limiting model that is centered around psychotropic medication. So let's talk more about those psychotropic medications, shall we? But before we go into that, there's another caveat here. I'm not here to give you medical advice. I am not a doctor. I am not here to tell you that mood medications are bad and shouldn't be taken. Fuck, I still take them. I I recommend that you carefully consider your doctor's recommendations and make any decision yourself after doing some research. Okay, meow, raise your hand if you have played the medication game. But wait, you say, isn't depression caused by chemical imbalance in the brain? For years, I told my patients and myself this line that I was fed by the industry, you've all heard it before, that your neurotransmitters, the chemicals in your brain that make you feel happy, like serotonin, are out of whack when you're depressed. So for years as a means of trying to prevent stigmatization and encourage medication compliance in my patients, I fed them this bullshit analogy that's very widespread of if you were a diabetic, you would take your insulin, right? This is the same thing. Man that shit is so wrong you guys. I believed it when I said it. But I need you to help me try to end this dangerous myth. We don't actually fully understand how antidepressants work because we don't even fully understand how the brain works. That chemical imbalance thing is just a theory that became very convenient and widespread. Um, Anyway, so one of the most important misunderstandings I want to dispel here is that the brain is some kind of mechanistic one size fits all machine that can just be fixed like if we find the right chemical in a pill. That whole chemical imbalance thing was just something that someone came up with. It was a theory that someone came up with decades ago. And over time, it sort of became the accepted story. And it's very possible and likely that a chemical imbalance is involved in depression. But isn't it more likely that it's part of the effect rather than the cause? I mean, the human mind is vastly complex. No two are alike because the brain is special. The mind is part of who we are. Other organs in the body like our kidney, liver, that can be transplanted to other humans because they all work the same. But no two minds, no brains are the same. So what makes us think there's this one size fits all pill that can fix a depressed brain? No one's depression looks the same, feels the same, just because we may experience the same symptoms. So slapping on such a simple one-dimensional explanation to make sense of such a complex individualized problem, that should be a huge red flag. Speaking from both sides of the desk, what I've seen happen to most people and what I've experienced myself is the medication game. You, get, you go get on that antidepressant again only looking to address the symptoms of the depression which is the same as applying a band-aid to rather than like treating the wound if we're being honest with ourselves so you may go get on the antidepressant and you may start to feel a little better for a while and then if you're lucky that's if you're lucky antidepressants are based on trial and error you are literally rolling the dice based on your doctor's best guess. There's no test telling your doctor which one would work best for you. Um, if you get on one that doesn't agree with you, you may become more depressed, more anxious, more suicidal. These medications have a warning with them for a reason. They can actually they actually warn you that a potential side effect of taking the medication for depression, could be worsening depression or suicidal thoughts have we just become ultra desensitized to things or does that not sound really fucked up <laughs> i mean that shit is no joke if you've ever experienced it i have and i'm not making light of any of this but let's say you do get lucky and you start to feel better for a while you may get a little motivation back you know feeling better you might actually be able to address some of the issues or circumstances in your life that are actually really contributing to the depression or you may do nothing because you think you've been cured forever but what inevitably happens if you stay on the medication for a while is um, that over time you start to feel depressed again maybe even more depressed than before Because that's another thing these medications do. They seriously alter the way the brain works. They can alter not only its function, but even its structure. So you go back to your doctor again and say you're feeling depressed again and inevitably your dose is increased. This cycle repeats and repeats again. And then you find that you've reached the maximum dose. So the only solution is to either roll the dice again and try another medication or add another one. You guys know this game. You're on the merry-go-round now and good fucking luck getting off. (laughs) Eventually, once antidepressants prove useless, an antipsychotic will be considered to add and to help the antidepressant work better. This is where I really encourage you to start doing some serious reading and research. Antipsychotics, which are sometimes called mood stabilizers, but the class of drugs that they're in is actually antipsychotics. Yeah, those are given to people who aren't psychotic. Um, So those are a big deal. Um, I know that when you're trapped in a deep depression, you're willing to do anything that might make you feel better including taking drugs that are for psychosis that could actually make you feel worse or potentially cause some pretty serious adverse effects on your body and brain, some of which may be permanent, but please. If your doctor fails to go over the long list of potential side effects and risks when prescribing them to you, please do your homework. Now it's time for another disclaimer. Just to kind of reiterate something I said earlier, I am not saying medications are bad and you shouldn't take them. What I'm saying is they're a big deal. And also, they are not the cure for depression. They are not the ultimate end-all be-all answer. Yet, that's what our, that's what treatment revolves around in this current system. There's no straight-up cure for depression, but there's so much more we can do to help ourselves. We are not helpless victims. We are not our diagnosis. One of the challenges, in fact, that's been made to the um, authority imposed by the DSM in more recent years is actually that giving someone a diagnostic label causes people to start to define themselves by that label. Like, it becomes a part of their permanent identity, almost like something they can never escape or we all know someone like this or we've all been there ourselves i know i have something that they might cling to as a way of maintaining like this um, unconscious sense of helplessness and we all yeah so what about what about self-fulfilling prophecies too have you thought about that so the, the worst thing about having depression for me was the fear and eventually the certainty that I was gonna feel that way forever. And that's what depression does. It strips you of your hope. It strips you of your light. It takes away any motivation to do any of the things that might actually help you feel better. You know, those things we're supposed to that we know we're supposed to do, like exercise, don't isolate, blah, blah. You end up feeling like your hands are tied. You cannot do any of that shit because you can't get out of bed or you can't sleep at all. Um, There's nothing you can do. So maybe if you could just find the right medication, the problem would be fixed. The medication can be helpful for some people guys, yeah, in the short term, but it was never meant to be perceived as the solution. Um, Those medications should only be considered part of a potential treatment approach, not the treatment in and of itself. But I can promise you from within the system, those are considered the treatment in and of itself in and of themselves everything revolves around the medications that's what we get paid for i mean that's that's the money maker just being honest with you Um, it all revolves around that that prescription pad is the number one tool in the arsenal so you know there are doctors who will definitely like try to tell you give tell give you advice and tell you things that you can do really try to like work with you emotionally and, and help you you know, address some of the problems, but those, those doctors are pretty rare. I mean, doctors are trained to figure out which medication to try for this, which one works better with this one. These can have to be avoided with this, this could cause this, but there's another medication that can treat the side effect of this. It's a it's a medication game. That's just the way it works. So um, There's no point in pretending like that's not actually how it works. That's just true. So and actually um, research shows most research Shows that they're only about 50% effective like 50% of people that take them um, antidepressants um, feel improvement so yeah, and they were meant to be taken short term, but most of us end up stuck on them for life and we still feel like shit. So that's what I want you to think about. I'm not a doctor. I'm not giving medical advice. I'm not telling you what you should or shouldn't do. I'm just telling you what I know, what I've seen, what I've experienced. I want you to ask questions. I want you to think about this current approach to treatment and ask yourself, is it really working? If it is working for you and you think nothing needs to change, then congratulations and you should consider yourself a success story. I'm not assigning blame to anyone. I'm not here to judge anyone. Um, I'm not saying people who take medications are weak. Again, I take them. I'm just one of those people who thinks actually knows that things can be better. The world can be better. And if this video pisses you off, I want you to ask yourself why see that's that's what depression looks like from both sides of the desk you guys in the current paradigm Uh, I do believe we're still in the dark ages of psychiatry sure it's better than it used to be but we still have a long way to go and uh, we got to look at our perception our understanding if we want to help things shift away from a system that we can see isn't working. Nothing changes if nothing changes. So, in my next video, we are going to take a look at some other ways to explain mental illness. Moving away from the theory of a chemical imbalance that needs pharmacological correction toward a deeper side of things like. How the fight or flight mechanism of the primitive part of our brains has evolved into what we call anxiety disorder. And we'll talk about how adrenal gland depletion from living in a constant state of stress can actually create a state in our bodies that leads to depression. One last thing. If you are depressed right now. I know how shitty it is. I am sorry that you're hurting and i am sending you love and light right now and i wish i could give you a hug because you are the reason i made this video and we're the same and we're stronger together and we're getting stronger every day and we're all part of the same human family we're together not separate i love you stay strong and i'll see you soon